0: Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. There are so many great things going on at Collective right now, so make sure you are following us on social media at My Collective Church to stay in the loop. Now let's get into Sunday's message. So we have to start things off today by celebrating last Sunday, because it was easily the best Easter we have ever had at Collective. Uh, You can can cheer now. There's more coming, which will be good. Um, So one of the things we told you was that we were going to rent more chairs. And so we rented more chairs than what we thought we needed, but you all filled them up. And last Sunday, over 660 people got to hear about the resurrection. And we remind people all the time, like we don't—we're we don't, not celebrating numbers; we're celebrating people. We're celebrating the fact that people got to hear about how the resurrection is real, about how it can be trusted, and how we can experience resurrection in our own lives as well. Uh, we also got to celebrate five baptisms—five people choosing resurrection and life. And so, I, I want to take a few moments to share why this is such a big deal. The typical church. At, uh, has a higher attendance at Easter than they do at Christmas. And this is because the typical church is really reaching church people as they shuffle from one church to the next. In church world, behind the scenes, we call this shuffling of the sheeps. I hate it, but that is a phrase that they use, as people just kind of bounce from one place to the next. But collective is not a typical church because we have higher attendance at Christmas than we do at Easter. And that's because collective is a church for people who walked away from church. Collective is a church for people who've never been to church, or Collective is a church for people who just really haven't found a church to connect with. In other words, Collective isn't really a church for church people, which is, all, which is why you all like it so much. And last week's attendance, though, was right at our 2022 Christmas attendance. And this doesn't mean we are shifting into what typical churches do. This means that Collective is growing like crazy. It means that you are inviting and bringing. It means that you are making this a priority It also means that we're probably going to have to have four Christmas Eve services this year to have enough space for everyone. My staff's really pumped about that one. (laughs) Here's another exciting part about last week, though. We didn't add extra services, and we wrestled with this. Do we do another one on Sunday? Do we do one on Saturday night? But we didn't do that because we wanted to see what this building would feel like completely maxed out. And that's exactly what happened. We had no room for anything else to happen. And that's a good thing because now we've recognized... We don't have that much more room before we have to start knocking down these walls. Now, I have no idea when that's going to happen, but if you keep showing up and you keep inviting and you keep taking next steps, we'll be knocking down these walls by the end of the year. And my guess is there's going to be a Sunday morning, you show up, and they're just going to be gone because we want to create as much space as possible for people to experience Jesus, More than anything else, that is what we want for people in our lives and people in our city. We want as many people as possible to know that Jesus loves them, that grace and endless second chances are real, that the life that Jesus has for them is better than anything this world has to offer. And so stay tuned. You might might be surprised sometime soon when there's no more walls to your left and your right. Now, there are two other things coming up I wanna talk about before we get into today's teaching. The first is the mission restock. We mentioned this last Sunday. The mission restock is May 5th, from 8.30 a.m. till 4.30 p.m. And every spring, we take time to help the Frederick Rescue Mission and we restock their food pantry before summer. And so on May 5th, you can drop off food yourself or in an easier way, you can order Instacart or Amazon delivery, Walmart delivery, whatever, and they will do that for you. They will bring it to the mission for you. This is the easiest way you will ever make an impact in our city. You can do it from your couch this afternoon. Just schedule a delivery for May 5th. Now, the grocery list is on the Church Center app. DJ mentioned this earlier. If you don't have it downloaded, download it. So you go to Church Center, uh, you go to the App Store. I don't know what it's called for droids because you guys choose to be difficult. So maybe if you're a droid user, just don't participate because I can't talk you through it. So Apple users, go to the App Store, download the Church Center app. Droid users have to, like, figure out in their brain what it is. So do that. Download the app. Go to Coming Up, and there you'll see a list. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because you'll notice that it's a little bit different than what it's been in the past. Over the past five years, we have collected and donated 94,000 pounds of food to local organizations. But because you all are so generous, every time we do an event like this, it kind of pushes on those organizations and what they're able to receive when it comes to food. So instead of capping the amount of generosity that we can bring forth to our city, what we're doing is we're adding new partners, we're adding new things that we are going to take in to donate to local organizations. So you'll notice this year, it's not just food anymore. There's personal hygiene products as well. These are from requests of the mission and the other organizations that we're starting to support. Later on this summer, when we do the grocery store buyout, you'll notice that things like diapers and baby food and formula will be added as well. And the reason why is because you are so generous that we don't want to stop you guys from, from donating to these organizations. So we got to figure out how do we give out more to more And so this year, it could be food, it could be hygiene products. No matter what it is, though, please try to take things off the list because this is what the mission has asked us for. And really, this is a really unique thing for us because you guys have done such a great job of showing our community who Jesus is, that we've kind of hit this ceiling in Frederick, and now it's time for us to push through. And so mark your calendars, May 5th, Mission Restock. All right, one more thing. In just a few weeks, we are going to start a new small group that will meet on Sunday mornings about 30 minutes after second service. We understand that many of you drive a pretty far distance, and if you would have asked me a few years ago, I would have said, there's a church near where you live, just go to that one, and I'm realizing there just isn't, right? There's a reason why you drive 45, 55 over an hour to be a part of collective, but that also means it's hard for you to get involved during the week. And so we're starting a group on Sunday afternoon so you can be in community here. So this doesn't feel like one of your stops on your weekend, but something that you actually get to lean into. And so the way you sign up for that is you open up the app, click on groups at the bottom, or you can check the join a collective box on the connection card and DJ will follow up with you this week. It's going to kick off on April 30th. It's only going to go for four weeks and then we take our summer break. Uh, The reason for that too is to, to give you a chance to maybe jump in for a few weeks and see what it's like. You know, it's hard to commit when we first launch groups in the early part of this year because it's about 12 or 13 weeks. This is four weeks, right? Four weeks of sitting with a group of people that this is their church home as they dig into what we talk about on Sunday mornings. So the reason why I share all this is because I just want you guys to know there are a ton of great things happening at Collective. And as Collective continues to grow and as we continue to see more people, we are trying to figure out how do we create more community, How do we create more opportunities for us to serve? And these are just two of those ways. Now, here's here's the best part about that, though. Uh, We say this all the time at Collective because it's true. The best is yet to come. There's still so many more great things that God is gonna do in this church and in this community, uh, and I'm so thankful that you guys are part of it. So let's get into the teaching now. Today, we're starting a new series called The Things We Carry. And I think that the bumper video that played a few minutes ago is a great representation of the way that a lot of us, and I would argue all of us, our living. Every day, we are carrying the weight that comes from our past, weight that comes from our own mistakes, weight that comes from the mistakes of others, weight that comes from our parents or our bosses or our past church experiences. And this isn't a weight that we ever put down. It's a weight that comes with us wherever we go. We carry it to work. We carry it in our friendships. We carry it to church with us on Sunday mornings, and it impacts everything we do And here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the weight of grief. I'm talking about that sadness that you feel that never seems to go away. I'm talking about unforgiveness and holding on to the hurt that people have brought into your life and never letting go. I'm talking about the brokenness that you've experienced that sits in your soul and pushes on every part of who you are as a human being. And really, I'm talking about the stuff behind the stuff that you see. And so in this series... I'm not going to talk about the marriage problems. I'm not going to talk about the addiction or the self-sabotaging or the anxiety. I'm talking about the stuff behind all of that. I'm talking about the stuff that you are trying to cover up with the addiction, the stuff that brings out the anger, the stuff that leads to the insecurity. I'm talking about that shadow that we pretend doesn't exist. And the verses that we're going to go back to over and over again in this series come from Matthew 11:28 through 30 when Jesus says this. He says, "Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest." And Jesus is talking about the physical, emotional, and spiritual weariness that we carry every single day. He continues, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Meaning if you are weighed down by stuff, if you are carrying a heavy burden, if you can't stand up because of all the weight that you feel, Jesus wants you to be free from that. Jesus doesn't want you to carry those things. A few months ago, I was reading a book that referenced these verses And I read something that I'd never heard of before. When Jesus said this, there was a cultural understanding for the crowd that day that we don't have. You see, in the Old Testament, there was a king named Solomon. Solomon was the son of David. David slayed Goliath. And when David passed, Solomon became king. And he was known as the wisest person to ever live. And the reason for that is because there's a time when God comes to him and says, Solomon, you can have whatever you want. And he asks for wisdom. But Solomon was also a hard king. In fact, he was very wealthy and he became wealthy on the backs of his people. And so after Solomon's death, his son Rehoboam took the crowd and the citizens assembled to plead with Rehoboam for reduced taxes because they needed relief from the oppressive burdens that they were carrying. And here's how Rehoboam responded in 1 Kings 12. He said, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. And so Rehoboam put even more on his people. He made their lives harder, the weight heavier. And so when Jesus is teaching and he says, my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light, this is what people had been longing for for hundreds of years. This is what they've been begging for and pleading for was relief. And the thing is we don't have to wait hundreds of years for someone to take those burdens away from us. Jesus will do that right now if we let him. There's another version of this that comes from the Message Bible, which is a paraphrase, but I love what it says in Matthew 11. It says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. I want to live freely and lightly. Jesus wants us to live freely and lightly. And Jesus wants to dig into the deep parts of who we are, the childhood hurt, the pain, and the brokenness, all of it, so he can take those burdens from us. And when we don't let him do that, this is what it's like. DJ, will you come back up on stage for me, please? Will you guys give it up for DJ? So here's the thing. We we all have wounds. We all have brokenness in our lives. We all have life experiences that have impacted us in heavy ways. And these things lead us to feelings uh, like shame. Brene Brown has the best definition of shame I've ever read. She says, shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Any of you feel that? Any of you carry the weight of that every single day? Maybe it was caused by the parents who told you that you weren't good enough. And maybe those weren't their words, but those were their actions. Maybe it was the teacher that said that you weren't smart enough or the ex that told you that you weren't worth fighting for. And you carry those wounds around wherever you go. And when we don't deal with our shame, when we decide that we're tough enough to just power through it, when we refuse to be vulnerable and honest about what we're struggling with, when we choose not to heal, what we're doing is we're loading ourselves up. We begin to carry this weight every single day. right? We carry this shame with us wherever we go. And sometimes our decisions are shaped by this shame. But sometimes we bury our shame so deep down that it can't see the light of day, and we lived terrified of the moment that it rises up again. But we carry that weight in our lives. Maybe it's not shame, maybe it's fear. Right? We have the fear of failure in everything that we do. We have the fear of things that are outside of our control, fear of the unknown, really fear of our shame being seen. Maybe it's bitterness. This, this is something I know intimately. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more next week. Because we carry bitterness toward the Father who hurt us. And we load ourselves up. Maybe it's anger. Every single day we sit in this place. right? Maybe it's expectations. The expectations of a parent, the expectations of a spouse. Expectations that were never really told to you, but you carry everywhere you go and you wonder, am I good enough? Am I doing this the right way? Am I strong enough? Am I capable? Am I a good parent? You know, maybe it's regret. Right? We've messed up. We've done something that we wish we didn't do, and we carry that every single day. And we carry these things with us all the time. This is our life. Right? And it could be pain. It could be resentment. It could be grief. This brokenness that we feel, the stress, the unforgiveness. We carry these things every single day. Here's the problem, though. When we choose to carry all these things, it's heavy right now, right? DJ feels this. Some of you are very uncomfortable watching him right now. Um, Some of you want to come up here and help him. And I will tell you, that is a symptom of you not choosing to deal with the things in your life because you would rather help him than deal with what's going on deep down inside of you, right? And it's heavy right now, but the truth is, eventually, what do we do? We just get used to it. When we carry these things for weeks or a few months or a few years, we get used to it and eventually it doesn't feel as heavy anymore. And what we say is that it's because we've gotten stronger. Right? I'm a stronger person now because of that. That carrying this weight makes us tougher. It somehow makes us a better person. But really it's that our hearts have gotten harder. Is that our vulnerability has disappeared. It's that our white knuckling and fighting for control begins. The walls go up, we push people out, we stop feeling. And we live in this place of thinking we are strong because we're carrying all this weight, but that's never what God asks us to do. And carrying the weight of bitterness and shame and trauma will one day destroy us and destroy the things that truly matter to us. Here's another thing people say when it comes to the things they carry. They say, I just need time, right? Because we all believe that time heals all wounds. But guess what? That's a lie. Time does not heal all wounds. If anything, it makes things worse. The reality of time healing all wounds is this. Unless we are willing to process our deeply rooted, irrational beliefs about ourselves, such as I'm not good enough and I'm unlovable, time doesn't do anything. Here's what one therapist shared about this idea. She wrote, It was in therapy that I discovered an enormous amount of unresolved grief, childhood and adolescent trauma, which of course I had minimized, and a massive barrier that I had constructed between myself and genuine connection. If one experienced trauma at age five and they never dealt with it appropriately, that trauma is still alive and well when they are 55. If I chose not to jump headfirst into my own emotional experiences and combat my fears with an open heart, there's no way I'd be able to be in a healthy relationship today. The reality is time doesn't heal anything. Time presents us with the opportunity to bury our pain as deeply as we can. The kicker, though, is that this pain will undeniably manifest itself in other destructive ways in our lives. And there is a direct correlation between those two things. And so if you are sitting back and you're letting time go by so you can feel better about a certain experience, stop. Because you will never get to that place. In a study from the National Library of Medicine, they proved that this is true, that time does not heal all wounds. They found that older adults who experience childhood adversity have higher odds of mood anxiety and personality disorders. In other words, some of the things you are struggling with right now are because of the things you carry, because of the pain you experienced in your past that you are not dealing with and you are choosing to carry every single day. This is me. I do this. I have done this. I am working through this. So let me just be vulnerable and talk about myself for a second. For most of my childhood, I was a really quiet guy. I am an introvert, uh, and I, I tended as a kid to just stick to myself, and I was very satisfied with that, right? A few friends, never the life of the party, but things started to change when I was in high school. My dad peaced out and essentially started another family, and I began to struggle with not feeling good enough. I struggled with the pressure of having to be the man of the house at 14. I struggled with anger of wanting to hurt my father the way that he had hurted me. The sadness of feeling like I wasn't lovable. The embarrassment of my friends seeing my dad out with another woman. And at first, the weight of those things were crushing me. I was uncomfortable. You know, I stood there moving around a little bit, trying to figure out this weight And that came out for me as anger and bitterness and resentment. But eventually, I got used to carrying this baggage, and it turned into me pushing people out of my life, confronting any person who did anything to upset me. I wouldn't take crap from anyone, and I would fight, I would yell, I would push up on whoever I wanted to because I just didn't care. And through college and the years following, people would tell me that they wished they had the confidence that I had that they wished they could not care so much about other people the way that I didn't care. But what they didn't understand was that I wasn't healthy. That was my defense. It was, I will hurt you before you hurt me. It was, I will push you out before you walk out on me. It was, I won't let you win because I don't trust you. And my heart was hardened. My ability to be vulnerable didn't exist. And what looked like strength to other people was really weakness in my own health. And this impacted every part of my life. The first 10 years of my marriage, I would lose my mind about the dumbest things. While I would love to say that Ray and I have never said the word divorce, I made our life so tense and so dysfunctional because I refused to heal that there were times when it was brought up. I got fired from a job because of my attitude. I burnt bridges the moment I felt like someone broke my trust or was going to break my trust and make me feel the way my father did when I was 14. About two years ago, it all came to a head. I was angry all the time. I was literally moments away from getting into a physical altercation with a stranger in a Starbucks parking lot because I didn't like the way that he talked to me. I was slowly squeezing the life out of my marriage because Ray would have to walk on eggshells all around me. I wasn't leading my staff or this church well, and I snapped. And that is when I realized that the weight of it all was crushing me. And this was hard for me because I'd been going to therapy at that point for five years, right? And i had healed in a lot of ways. I had grown in a lot of ways. I wasn't the same person that I was five years ago. But what I was refusing to do was deal with the weights that I'd been carrying since I was a teenager. And for me, I forced myself to go away for a weekend to a men's retreat. And I began to work on what I needed to truly let go of. And some of you are carrying the weight and you are carrying it well. But hear me when I say this, that does not make you healthy. You are not strong for refusing to heal. You are not better because you're holding on to those things. You just aren't. You are allowing the weight that you have picked up through your pain, through your trauma, through your mistakes to dictate how you see people, how you see yourself, how you respond to the hard things in life. And they're blocking you from having the healthiest marriage you can have. They're stopping you from living life to the fullest. They're weighing you down. Right, And I get it. Like I live in that place, and I've lived in that place. And you will say, I don't feel the weight of them anymore, so who cares? But God does. God wants you to live freely and lightly, not being crushed by the weight you carry every single day. Psalm 55, 22 says this, Give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. The word godly just simply means people who trust him, people who follow him, not perfect people, but people who let him be God and not choose to be God themselves. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. The reason God wants you to let go of the weight you're carrying is because he cares. He loves you. He knows and wants what's best for you. Now, for those of you who are fighting, me, or fighting with me in your head right now, one, that's a sign that you're carrying some stuff that you're afraid to let go of. Or you're justifying it in an argument that I'm not a part of with you. But here's the other thing. You don't even know what it feels like to not carry this weight every moment of your day anymore. You don't know what relationships would feel like or your marriage would be like, your faith or your recovery or your parenting. You don't even know. And listen, I know that some of you have better marriages than your parents in spite of the weight you are carrying. And I know that some of you are a better parent and some of you have stronger faith, but imagine how much better those things could be if you learn to let go and heal. When you learn to live a life where you aren't burdened by the things you carry, and if those things didn't dictate how you live and how you see things and how you have relationships and how you respond. And I know that for many of you, the things you have been carrying, you didn't ask for. And the walls you put up because of those things have actually protected you from other pain. And I know that the grit that you developed because of those things has helped you stay standing and the fear that you've held onto has kept you away from bad situations. The thing is, all of that served you really well for a season. They protected you when you felt unprotected. But it is time to let go. It's time to stop carrying the weight and to experience life the way God intended it, a life that is free and light. It's time to let go. It's time to let go. And practically... This is going to look very different for everyone. For some of you, it's time to start going to therapy and start digging deep. For others of you, it's time to stop lying to your therapist. It stings a little bit, doesn't it? We love telling people we go to therapy. We love it because it makes us feel good about ourselves. But we also love lying to our therapists about the real stuff that we're dealing with. And every single person here who I tell you who has hit rock bottom, they'll tell you there came a point in their therapy where they had to tell their therapist, I've been lying. And their therapist's response was, I know. Right? That was me. It is very easy for me to talk about the obvious things and the obvious pain in my life. But it wasn't until I went all in on vulnerability that I started to heal some. For some of you, it means having a conversation with your spouse so you can start working through this together together. Now, I will tell you that your spouse already knows the things that you are carrying because they feel the impact in your marriage, but they've been waiting for you to come to them and say, I'm ready to let it go. For some of you, you need to text a friend you trust right now, and you need to ask them if they have time this week to get together, and you need to let them into your life so that they can encourage you and support you and hold you accountable. Men, some of you need to go to the retreat that I went to. It's called Crucible, it's on the app. Go to coming up. You can sign up right now. It's in a few weeks, and you're going to give me all the excuses as to why you're not going, and I know that, but I'm just going to keep pushing you. Women, the same is true for you. There's a to retreat called Liminal. It's coming up in a few weeks, and you're going to tell me all the reasons why you can't leave your kids at home with your husband. He'll figure it out. <laughs> They'll survive. Another thing we need to be doing every single day is we need to be reading the Bible. We need to be allowing God's words to be the words that are the foundation in our life to allow God's words to be the reason why we see ourselves the way that we see ourselves. And I know that some of you aren't ready to talk about it yet, and that's okay. You need to start writing it out, start putting it on paper, start processing these things. And let me just say, say this to those of you who are not followers of Jesus. If you really want to live freely and lightly, it starts with putting your faith in him. It starts with repentance and baptism. Repentance is turning away from the way that you've been doing things. Really, repentance is saying, I don't want to carry these things anymore. God offers to take them from me and I'm gonna trust his way, not my own. It's turning away from the way that you're living, turning toward Jesus. Baptism means to be immersed in water. It symbolizes the death of our old self, the raising up into new life because Jesus wants you to heal. Jesus wants you to stop carrying around the stuff that he doesn't want you to carry. Jesus wants to make you new, but that starts with you trusting him with you following his lead, with you realizing that he wants to carry your burdens with you because he cares about you. Now, I know that this is a lot. And some of you are thinking, this is not why I come to church. Welcome to Collective. We talk about hard things and we own our own our growth. This is what we do. And there are three questions I wanna leave with today as we begin this series and really start to wrestle with the things we carry. And so if you are taking notes, Take these right now. Here's your first question that you need to wrestle with this week. What are you carrying that you need to let go of? Right, we're all carrying something. You probably already know what it is because it impacts everything that you do, right? It impacts how you eat your meals, how you text somebody. It impacts how you fall asleep at night. And remember, this is the thing behind the thing. This is the thing behind the walls you have put up. So what's behind the addiction? What's behind the anger that you feel? Let me ask it like this. What is the thing that you are so afraid to let go of because it's become so much of your identity that you don't know who you would be without it? Let me ask that again. What is the thing that you are afraid to let go of because it's become so much of your identity that you don't know who you would be without it? Because so many of us build our identities around our baggage so we can simply say, that's just who I am, when really we know that's not true. It's what the world made us to be, or what, it's what our pain made us to be. It's what our brokenness made, it, made us to be. Ultimately, it's what we chose to be in spite of the things that we're going through. What are you carrying that you need to let go of? Here's a second question. What is the impact of the things that you are carrying? There is always an impact, right? And I know for me personally, I spent a lot of my life trying to convince myself there was no impact because it could have been worse, because right? my marriage was better than my parents. I was raising my kids better than how my parents raised me. And so if things were better, therefore there wasn't an impact, and that is a lie. There is always an impact. It is not possible to live in shame and not have it impact your relationships. It's not possible to live with grief and not have it impact your joy. It's impossible to live with unhealthy healthy expectations of other people in your life and not have it lead to self-sabotage. What is the impact? And here's the third question. And this one's the hardest one. We're gonna talk more about this one next week. What is the cost of letting go? What is the cost of letting go? What's the cost of healing? What's the cost of moving on? Because there's always a cost when it comes to growth. Maybe the cost is that you can't use your pain as an excuse any longer for why you push people out. Maybe the cost is that you will have to come face-to-face with other relationships that you have destroyed because of what you are carrying. Maybe the cost is that you're gonna to have to be real let people see who you really are and what you're really struggling with. Maybe the cost is that you can't make excuses anymore and you can't just say, that's just who I am. What is the cost of letting go? Because once you begin to do that, once you begin to put down the weights that you are king, once you begin to trust Jesus with all of those things, that is when you'll begin to move on. And that is when you'll begin to heal. And that is when you will live freely and lightly. Right. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Let's pray. God, we are all carrying so much. And God, I think we're more aware of that now than we have been in a long time because of what the last few years have felt like. And the thing is, we we feel really weak um, when we say we don't want to carry them anymore. God, we we feel like failures um, when we choose not to take it on all by ourselves. But the thing is, when we read scripture and we see who you are in our life, you say you will take these things from us. God, not that the burdens ever fully go away, but that you carry them as we go. God, if we're being honest, we need that. God, we need your help because this stuff is just way too much. The shame we feel is way too much. The resentment and the bitterness and the pain and the brokenness, the embarrassment. God, these things that we carry every single day are destroying us. They're destroying the good things in our life. So God, I pray as we begin this series, as we begin really this journey of letting go, God, I pray that we trust you. God, I pray that we're humble enough to realize that we're not you, we're not God. We don't need to carry these things the way that you are willing to carry these things. God, I pray that we begin to set these things down and heal. God, we know this isn't easy. God, we know there's a bumpy road ahead if we choose to do this. But God, we know on the other side of that is living freely and lightly, which is truly what we want. God, we thank you that you don't make us go through this stuff alone. God, that you long for our healing and you long for our growth and you long for our restoration. God, that you give us grace along the way and mercy and love and hope as we battle through these things. God, we thank you and love you and pray these things in your name, amen.